Welcome to the Cosmic Business Podcast. I'm Paula Crossfield, a Vedic astrologer, business coach, and CEO of Weave Your Bliss, a company with the goal to help a million spirit-led entrepreneurs build a cosmic business around their genius so that they can earn wildly well and bankroll the change they want to see in the world. A cosmic business is a new paradigm business that believes in collaboration over competition, building a business around your unique genius, aligning to the planets and your intuition, leading with your values, putting your health and the health of the planet first, treating people fairly and building giving into your business model. Sounds fabulous, right? On this show, I will take you behind the scenes of my thriving multi-six-figure business, including strategy on closing more sales, nurturing your community online, plus astrological insights to optimize your business and life. We'll also feature conversations with spirit-led business owners, creatives, and change makers to inspire you. I'm coming to you from our regenerative farm in rural Maine, my happy place, where we are currently creating space to welcome community for retreat and earth reconnection. Let's jump into the conversation. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. This week, I speak with Kate Smith Jamison, who is an Ayurvedic practitioner yoga teacher, and change warrior about navigating change skillfully using tools from the Vedic sciences and what she did to support her leap from a 14-year corporate career at Goldman Sachs in London to moving back to her hometown of Belfast, Northern Ireland as a single mom and starting her own business, now thriving and helping others navigate similar changes. You won't want to miss her story of the incredible synchronicities that happened after she made that decision. Kate is also a client and we discuss how she has gotten so many book calls immediately after announcing her one-on-one coaching offer that we worked on together, the power of understanding her personal astrological conditions and especially the placement of Saturn and how our work together has supported her on her journey. You can learn more about her and her work at the link in the show notes. Before we jump into the conversation, I want to make sure to share that the Cosmic Business Incubator, my eight-week high-support accelerator for spirit-led entrepreneurs who want to create more income and impact by creating a more streamlined approach to their business, so just imagine more money and more time in which to enjoy it, it is currently open for enrollment for the fall. Joining now before June 22nd means bonuses like my courses Magnetize Your Dream Clients and the planets, plus joining me live for Heal Your Money Karma, a course that will help you do exactly what it says, and a free money karma analysis with me, plus early access to the course materials. Basically, I'm helping you up-level massively, get into this container, and by the end of it, have an offering that you can go out and sell and make five figures right away. So go to the link in the show notes to learn more and book a call. I'm happy to chat with you more about whether this is a fit for you. We are also accepting applications for the Vibrancy Retreat in South India in November. So get oiled, rejuvenate, and plan for a powerful 2024 with me. Super limited space info in the show notes. You can also book a call or submit an application and we will return. We will get in touch with you soon. And now on to our conversation with Kate Smith Jamison. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Paula. Thank you so much for having me. 
It's wonderful to have you here. So we've known each other for a few years now, and we've been working together. And so I'm really curious to start by you just sharing your journey to entrepreneurship. So, you know, I know you worked in a corporate environment. Like, how did that shift happen? Yeah. So I worked for uh, Goldman Sachs um, for 14 years. I was in a corporate environment for, for 15 years in London. Before I left that career, I was working in a very volatile, dynamic financial market situation. I was, you know, trading commodity markets with hedge funds who tend to take quite short term views sometimes in, as I say, some of the most um, volatile financial markets on the planet. It was very magnetic. You know, it appealed to my, as we say in Ayurveda, my pitta energy. It was very well paid. I worked with some awesome people. Learned a lot. Learned a lot about discerning the truth of things uh, in terms of understanding the markets. I used to write a lot of commentary about the commodity markets and became a bit of a go-to for for that within within the firm and you know within the space. Really enjoyed that that part. You know that was the that that I loved the most. That really helping people to understand what was going on to the extent that we can ever know everything that's going on, right? Where do I start? I've been practicing yoga for for many years since since 2000. I gave birth to my first son in 2010, and even before then, it was becoming clear to me that there was something else calling me beyond what I was doing in my day to day in my day to day work. So through a, a process of slowly awakening to what that could look like beyond where I was then. I made the decision to leave. And that was in part catalyzed by the, the birth of my son. But like I say, it was really something that had had seeds planted about it for for some time before then as well. And so when I took the leap into working for, my, for myself, or really when I left Goldman, it was a blank canvas. I hadn't set anything up in terms of businesses. But to begin, I knew that I wanted to work with the traditions that I had been studying and practicing for, for some years by then, the practices of yoga and, and Ayurveda, which is its sister science, the, that holistic medical system from India, if we could call it that, Veda. I knew that was where I was going to be going. But in the in-between, I took the aspects of what I loved about my corporate work, the writing, namely, and I created a company that allowed me to do that. So I guess that was my first, well, I kind of set up two companies at the same time, actually, when I left. <laughs> so it was kind of like, okay, I guess I would call... It's a transition. Yeah, yeah you- it was a transition. When you work in, in any career for a long period of time, especially one that is that has that very magnetic quality to it. And I say magnetic in the sense that there is a, it has a very strong energy, let's just call it, for want of a better word. You know, it, it's something that that you might have to sort of slowly transition and detach yourself from, maybe decondition yourself a little bit to, you know, uh, like I said, I was working in very volatile financial markets. So you were kind of on alert at all times, you know, it was kind of in that state of being poised and ready to react to whatever it was that would be kind of coming your way through any of these markets. So, and I had a great network. I mean, I love the people I work with. I still am in contact with, with with many, many of them. And so creating that bridge in between and taking the writing aspect about the markets. Now, since then, I have let that part 
go, actually just before um, we all were put in lockdown in 2020 and have completely dedicated my time since then to yoga and Ayurveda and everything that I'm doing now. So it was a gradual process. I guess I decided I wanted to leave Goldman around 2012. I eventually left in February 2014. I set up the two businesses by the end of that year when I moved from London back home here to to Northern Ireland where I am now. So I hear you saying like you really thought about this decision for a while and then you kind of strategically set up a transition for yourself and having these tools I'm sure also helped. So what what really helped you kind of make that decision and what supported you in making, you know, in in having that decision kind of stick? We have so much goes on that or the things that help us make decisions are ultimately the listening to things that we're already being told, right? <laughs> in many ways by the universe, by our intuition, our inner voice, however way we want to term it. It was what what helped me to really start to listen to the things that the seeds that had started to maybe germinate, you know, before my son was born. And it was really my, I guess, to begin with my yoga practices, the, the space that I created, or they created for me to listen to guidance, inspiration for what could be outside of where I was. Then, you know, I write a lot, you know, I've written diaries, you know, my whole life, you know, my husband and I laugh because there's certain things that, you know, we were, we were reminded of when we were 17 that I only had confirmed in a diary. So, you know, I, I write a lot and I find that process very, very helpful, not only to remember things that might otherwise be forgotten, but also to allow the imaginings, the, the things that we get that come up for us to be given some space, right? Because I think a lot of the time what happens, and I would certainly have felt this even, you know, days when I would have been sitting in my, my work at Goldman and there'd be a lot going on. It'd be really fun. And I'd be like, Oh, listen, this is great. And I get paid well. And there's some awesome people, you know, maybe, maybe I should just continue doing this. But you know, my yoga practices would be when I would literally feel sometimes that I'd be slapped in the back of the head going, what are you talking about? This is not your path. This could be your path. And of course, it's not all worked out instantaneously. I think maybe that's why we get a bit discouraged sometimes. We're like, but what am I going to do next? I'm not sure what it looks like. And it's like, okay. But there is a, there is a sort of, and again, you know, I talk a lot about practice with my clients, you know, and really staying with a process of practice because not only is it a process of refinement for some of us more than others, we can talk about the, the astrological effect of that. It's a process that requires commitment, you know, and if you keep hearing the same messages over and over again, and again, coming back to the yoga practice, that was where it was constantly validated. And, you know, I find that we can say that the Vedic traditions, and again, just touching then on Ayurveda, when I started to really practice Ayurveda, that then became another sort of validation of what I already knew. You know, the messages that I was getting from the inside, but knowing, you know, my natural constitution, knowing what daily rhythms were going to be better for me, what kind of foods were going to be better for me, alongside the yoga practices were all very powerful, as I say, validations of what I was already feeling. And, you know, the joy to show the Vedic astrology and knowing your cosmic blueprint. And look, there's no surprise that you look at it, and you go, oh, hey, yeah, these are all the things that are showing up in my Ayurvedic constitution. You know, these things are not a coincidence. Understanding myself better 
was not only does it bring the, okay, yeah, I'm understanding this better, but it, it empowers you to feel like more grounded in yourself. And having that grounding and that sense of better understanding, knowledge is power, I guess, right? They say, but self-knowledge is extremely powerful because then you can feel like, okay, well, I now know kind of who I am a bit better. So then I can take that step towards whatever I'm being called towards and really let go of, I think, a lot of fear-based things that will keep people or I'm not saying it's easy, but you know, that will keep people maybe feeling stuck in certain situations. It sounds like there's, there's a lot of trust that you have to have in the process and in, in your intuition and allowing the things to unfold. But also you have these tools like astrology, like Ayurveda, like yoga that help you to ground in that trust. Completely. Um, and it is a it is a commitment, and it's a practice having trust in yourself. But it but it's also creating the space to actually hear that and to feel it. And that's where I think we're very big on routine and rhythm in Ayurveda, and you know, having that daily check in. You know, above and beyond even a movement practice. Although you know, for me, the, the two ideally you do both every day. But having that daily check in for the kind of okay, you know, if you wanted to just even ask a simple question, you know, what matters most right now, which can help obviously direct our energies in the most authentic way or in the most productive way every day. And sometimes it's like, actually, the most important thing right now is to rest. <laughs> the important thing to do right now is actually to settle this stuff down that you're trying to process. And just, we don't have to be working on it every single day. However, coming back to it when you've had a rest, usually extremely, is extremely um, powerful too. So it sounds like you're starting to talk about this already. So we might as well address it. Like if somebody who's listening is trying to make a big change or, or like maybe they're in a career that they don't love, like what advice would you give to them? What tools could they use? I know you've just shared some things that you use, but like what would be the first thing you would tell them? To understand that when you make a change, you know, we say in Ayurveda, you have an increase in Vata Dosha, right? So those aspects of space and air, the, the elements of space and air, meaning you can feel naturally start to feel a bit ungrounded, you know, those sensations of lightness in your body of maybe that sort of tingly feeling around your navel and the base of your spine, you know, maybe feeling more anxious, maybe insomnia, those sort of slightly more agitated feelings to understand, okay, these are the things that may come. So head them off. And as we say, again, regardless of maybe what you're going through, that rhythm and setting a routine is extra, extra, extra important in those times. So I would say that that is the anchor, right? It almost doesn't matter what you do, although of course it does. And I'll, I'll maybe mention a few things that I think are extremely valuable in that. But having a rhythm, so you know, even just simply getting up at the same time, eating around the same time, ideally having your largest meal around the middle of the day. So you're well enough nourished through the afternoon and bedtimes, you know, trying to set a good rhythm around your day, right? Making sure that you eat regularly, probably the most important thing, right? Making sure that you nourish yourself with warm digestible foods. So just starting at the kind of the physical level are going to be some of the, the anchors, you know, first thing in the morning, because we have that juicier prana in the morning, of course, the time to really check in with the what I just suggested, that morning check in with, okay, what matters most? What is coming up right now? 
because you're going to be in a much stronger position to actually really listen to, to what it is. Journaling can be, for me, it's a, again, it's a morning practice with the kind of grounding in mind and making sure you're nourished. You know, again, first thing I do every morning is drink a big mug of warm water. Don't be throwing coffee on, on a belly that is contemplating major change. Those things can really kind of agitate even more. And of course, we want to catch that, that momentum of wanting to transform and wanting to change, but in a grounded way. Otherwise, it just it, it becomes much harder to actually give it roots and really make it real. So I would say those few things, you know, self-massage, you know, Ayurveda, of course, the kind of giving yourself some love because, you know, the, the feelings of uncertainty and thinking, oh my goodness, am I doing the right thing? And, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm kind of stroking my arm here while I'm talking to you, <laughs> you know, warm oil, self-massage every morning when you're in this kind of process is extremely grounding. Of course, nourishes your skin as well, but just gives you that little kind of uh, self-armor, if you like, to feel, okay, I'm grounded in my body. I've got this. I feel rooted. I'm in my rhythm. When you're in that kind of place, rather than, oh, I may or may not have eaten today, or I might have gotten up at X time and gone to bed soup, you know, it just will create let's just say it will, it will make it more difficult. So it's, it's so interesting because these are so simple, you know, and I think we, yeah. sometimes they're so simple that we just overlook them as being so valuable. But I know for myself, self-oiling every day before my bath or shower is, it's been a game changer. Like literally, I don't know where I would be without that one thing. And of course I do the morning hot water as well. Like these little things actually makes such a big difference I've found. And so I'm wondering, cause I, I know you work with clients who are like, maybe they work in an intense environment and they're trying to change their life a little bit. Like, you know, how do you help them see that these simple things are, are so powerful? Well, it's like anything you, you try it. <laughs> and, you know, I say to people, you know, try it with and try it without. And I know myself that if for whatever reason, suddenly these things aren't there, then you really notice a big difference. And I think probably the thing to do is to do one, right? Don't overload yourself with like, oh my goodness, I've got to, and don't attach any kind of judgment to whether you do or do not do them. Just keep coming back. You know, it's a bit like meditation or mantra, right? Which of course, again, is one of my, what I would say, anchors, breath work, even a few minutes of pranayama. Sorry, I'm adding more things here, but just to, to, to share kind of all the things that I do. But to come back to your question, I think begin with one thing and layer it, you know, begin with the thing that, that maybe calls you the most. It might be for you, it's sitting down and doing three rounds of alternate nostril breathing. Maybe that requires less, oh, the oil and the warming. And, you know, everyone is going to maybe gravitate towards one of those things more than another. But I always say, just notice the difference, try one thing and, and stay with it and, and notice the difference. And, I, I don't know many people who don't notice benefits, to be honest, because um, especially, as I say, when you go through, you know, when you're going through or you're about to initiate this kind of change, um, just to bring the, bring the discipline and understand as well, you know, keep casting that gaze towards the why, you know, why do it? Okay, because I want to feel grounded. You know, I want to really walk this path in a way that is not burning down the house, that is not like dropping my responsibilities that is not making it look really messy and listen 
messy angels. We love messy angels. Of course, it's not that it has to be perfect, but it's about doing it in a way that is on your terms, where you're not being trailed out the door or you're not leaving in a way that is not allowing you to look back and go, okay, yeah, I did that with grace. I did it in an elegant way. And I gave myself the best shot to to transition in a grounded way. So it's it's that kind of being in the present moment, but also casting that gaze to well, what do you want it to look like? It's so great because I'm sitting here smiling as you're talking because I know this is like really an embodiment of Saturn. You know, it's like, let's refine, let's move slowly, let's be diligent. Here's where we do the big reveal, which is that you're in your Saturn period. And so maybe you can talk a little bit about that energy, you know, and how that is really... Because what happens in somebody's chart is they move from a period of Jupiter, which is expansive, we're, you know, connecting with people, we're finding our teachers, we're traveling, maybe there's like a lot of opportunity. And then Saturn strips away stuff and helps us to focus. And that transition can be really difficult. And you made this decision where you were still in Jupiter, right? When you made this decision to transfer from London. And so maybe you can talk a little bit about the planetary angle first. Yeah, of course. No, the alignments with the planetary influences are striking for me. Um, and I noticed it a lot with, with my clients. You know, I have many people who come and the, you know, so many are in this, this Saturn period. It's a powerful time to be in change. I mean, I feel like they're really, it's almost a non-negotiable time for change, right? It's mm-hmm. going to happen whether you, whether you yeah. are aware I mean, of that or karmas not. Karmas are fruiting. You know, this is when a lot of the life karma comes to the surface to be dealt with. Like it's not avoidable anymore. No, really not. And, you know, as you say, I was, I think it was June, 2014 and I left Goldman and moved back to Ireland in May 2014. Well, I left Goldman in February, but then I made the the physical move from London back home to Ireland in May 2014. You know, I remember consulting a Vedic astrologer before then and knowing this was coming, it actually was quite an important motivator for me to do it in that timing, you know, to kind of respect the upcoming transition um, because because that's what I was being directed to do, you know, which again is what I find fascinating about how between the yoga, the Ayurveda, the Vedic astrology, the validation of what I was doing anyway. Moving into Saturn was, it felt like perfect timing when I had made the move. That's, um, gosh, nine years ago now. The initial move was, you know, setting up the businesses and getting grounded back at home. And then very quickly, there was just this kind of surge of synchronicity, other areas of my life. Yeah, tell us about it, because it's really exciting. I think people will enjoy hearing how things aligned. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I had set up, I took most of 2014 to be with my eldest son, and we had lots of time traveling. And then in 2015, middle of 2015, I set up the yoga and Ayurveda clinic. And August that year, a gentleman emailed me to say he wanted to come for an Ayurvedic consultation. He was called Robert Jemison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I saw the, I remember seeing the email coming through. And I think I might've been on my phone with one of my best friends from school. And I was like, Robert, like I know that name. Didn't we go to school with him? So I was like, okay. So anyway, he arrives on his motorbike, all long hair and white teeth. <laughs> and anyway, we talked, we had a two hour consultation, of course, very professional went into everything that I 
discuss with my clients in terms of how I seek to help them with these powerful lifestyle practices. And then he went off afterwards, but we kept in touch. He needed some herbs and things like that. We were setting that up. About a week later, we were planning to do some photos from my almost brand new website. And my brother was supposed to come. He was going to come and be a photographed as a sort of male figure in, you know, for the site and whatnot. He practices yoga. And then he decided it wasn't for him. So a friend said, well, the friend who'd connected me with, with Robert, who'd connected Robert with me, said, well, why don't you get him to come along? Anyway, he came along, had some photos taken, and we just chatted. Anyway, that was August. To fast forward a little bit, that was August of that year. We, things kind of, you know, moved very quickly from then. (laughs) Romance. Yeah, total romance. And he proposed on Christmas Eve, four months later. About a month after that, we discovered I was pregnant with our first child. So within the space of a year, we we got married in the April. So within a year, we met, got engaged, found out we were pregnant, got married, and had a child. Except you, you had met before, right? Well, this <laughs> was the thing. So around, I think it was actually on the day of an engagement party we were having. So this was about a month after we got engaged. And around when I knew I was pregnant, I was looking through some old diaries. Because he'd always said to me, something happened between us before. And I was a bit, you know, classic pitta brain, like, if it's not information I need to retain, it's not in my head, right? So anyway, the diaries that I mentioned to you before, I was looking through these things and I found this entry from when we were both 17, when we'd had this little kiss at a party. (laughs) And I think my friends had kind of made fun of me afterwards or something. The following, you know, I'd written in this entry, something like, you know, I think I handled it okay, you know, like the stick I was getting. I said, I think I handled it okay, but the thing is, I really like him. Mm. So that was a seed planted in 1991, and we met again in 2015. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so magic, basically, you know, the moral of the story is like magic happens when you make those decisions, certain things kind of organize yeah. in your favor and synchronicities come up because the universe wants to support you to move towards your purpose, right? So... You know, I can, uh, well, all I can say is if, if if I hadn't made that move, then things may not have unfolded in, in this way. So, yeah, I think so. You know, creating space, mm. right? It just opens the doorways, apparently to the past <laughs> as well, mm-hmm. <laughs> to what is supposed to be free. Absolutely. So how has Jyotish or Vedic Astrology, has it been a powerful tool for you in your business? Like having me to assist you to kind of understand the timing as we've been working together since January, like how has that been helping you? Because you already have an understanding of Jyotish for your personal world. So I'm sort of curious. Yeah. So I, working in that kind of industry before and being a naturally pitta person, there is a sort of natural, as we'd say here, champing at the bit, right? Pulling on the reins. Okay, come on, let's get it, you know. And being in this Saturn period and particularly this recent Saturn Venus time, which is, I guess, classically associated with transformation, the knowing of that creates a whole different attitude towards your business. If I didn't know this, like if I was totally unaware of any of this, I might be sitting in my business going, asking different questions, you know, getting stewed up in what is probably natural impatience, but not understanding perhaps 
And it's not that things are not going the way I want them to go at all. In fact, quite the opposite. But it's the understanding that Saturn period offers you an opportunity to refine and to appreciate the gifts of refinement, like really, which for a pitta person, and you know, a lot of people who work in the space that I came from before this will naturally have pitta personalities, right? It's associated with that ambitious, competitive, fiery nature. So understanding that there is great worth, in fact, absolute necessity in refining and in slowing down and being diligent and is extremely helpful both for grounding your business, I think, in a way that gives it a more sustainable uh, foundation, but also to just be treating yourself in a way that invites more patience, that invites more spaciousness and, you know, allows you to give yourself the right medicine and to your clients, to be quite honest, you know, it's, which of course for me is the most important, you know, if I'm not paying attention to the energies that are moving through me and embracing the different little tweaks that need to be made. So I'm really delivering what is the most authentic and the, the you know, the essence that I need to deliver to somebody then I don't feel like I'm doing the work that I'm supposed to be doing. I love that. And also you, you've been so good about implementing the strategy as well that we've been working on. And one of the strategies that I feel like would be really helpful for people listening is to think about following up with three people a day. And so can you talk a little bit about how you've taken that kind of and made it your own? Because I feel like it's so important. This business is all about connection. It's all about relationships. Having a business of your own is all about relationships and you, your business thrives on relationship. So, you know, I, I always teach people to really be thinking about that and not just be putting out content that's talking at people, but like, how can we start conversations, for example, but this connecting with three people a day, like, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I I love that. You know, I might have done it sort of, let's say not unintentionally, but was maybe doing it to some extent. Like I often get these kind of, I call them kind of downloads from the universe or, you know, <laughs> messages from the universe where you get this kind of like, you know, it's like a little swish sound comes in saying, contact so-and-so. And you're like, okay, well, I better do that. Over the years, I've really... um through a number of different circumstances where that has happened, whether I've been someone's has come into my to my mind and and the information or the contact with them has been valuable. Um, so I suppose what I would say about this practice of the connections, which is either just sending a message or you know a text or a, a call or an email, is kind of a an extension of that. And I think we can do it on all of those levels to take the the intuition that is sometimes um, directs you to to get in touch with a particular person. And I often find that even just having a thought about somebody, then you'll hear from them. So letting that be a very natural and non suspicious <laughs> way of. Um, you know, to really follow that, I guess, would be my would be my advice. Like, I often will just message people saying, "I was told to message you. I- I've been thinking of you," or "How are you?" You're just checking in. It doesn't have to be elaborate. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's it's just literally a, "Hey, how are you doing?" It's the ripple effects are really fascinating, powerful. Um, I mean, since I think 
we put your, your offering, which we worked on together, you put out about a month ago or maybe a little longer. And so early April, yeah. You've been so good about booking calls. Like people are really booking calls with you. And I think that is a testament to having this process. And so I, what I want to say is it's not like you're reaching out to people to be like, I'm thinking of you for this offering. Like literally it's like just being curious, like, how are you? And I was thinking of you. Right. And, and then maybe like it's a former client and you're like, Hey, I thought of you with this. If you want to talk about it, I'm here. It doesn't have to have kind of drive towards a goal. It's, it could be a collaboration that comes out of it. It could be, you know, a way that you help each other or become business besties or share their thing. Right. It's just, it's being open to the play of connection. Absolutely. And it really works. And I love what you say about, you know, collaboration. And look, we're all on these journeys, right? And I am a believer that, you know, you and I have known each other for many, many years. You know, relationships that last, we hope, will, and, you know, we have spaciousness in all relationships that there will be people that I'm sure now that you're meeting with that down the road will work as closely as we've worked, you know. So I think it's also just having that very, of course, being present and re- responding to what is what you're being called towards now, but then also, as I said before, casting that gaze to the longer term, you know, the seven generations, maybe, you know, I think, and um, I suppose that's also just, uh, yeah, something you try to, you pass it on. It's not just for the now, it's a longer term thing. And, and bringing something to somebody's life in, in the moment that is beneficial, I think, is, is a good practice, you know, mm. however the outcome actually turns out to be as well, right? Yeah. You know, when I feel like, okay, I would like to have more media opportunities, for example, it's like, how can I actually provide that for someone else? How can I invite someone to do a live with me? You know, and, and that sort of feeds that energy and then allows the universe to see that I'm in a practice of that, you know? And so when I'm reaching out to people, it's the same. It's like, how can I help this person? You know, maybe I can help this person and just getting curious about that, like finding out more about them and what they do. And then if it's for me to, you know, this is also karmically speaking, how we see where those karmic, karmic ties and bonds are, you know? So I'm just sort of curiously open to whatever is there and what needs to reveal itself. And like this person may become a client, but like I'm able, may be able to help them and then their business will thrive because of our connection. So either way, it's it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And what you said about the karmic part, you know, the ripening of, of anything, you know, planting the seeds, you know, that's what we're kind of doing all the time, right? We're planting the seeds. And of course, you know, we only have to look out our window and, you know, there's no tree or plant out there that's kind of in competition with the others, right? They all know at exactly what time their seeds, their roots, the, the thickness of their trunk, the, the greenness of their leaves is going to turn out, you know, to look to look like and some will take longer than others. And I think it's that's and I mean, again, coming back to Saturn, you know, that's a real for me, you know, it's that it's that Saturn lesson. It's like, honor the time it takes for things to evolve in the way that they're supposed to evolve, you know, and don't push the river if it's not there to flow in that in that direction. So, you know, as you know, Ayurveda is deeply connected to nature. And I think we can get so much both solace and inspiration from just taking that in. So one of the things we worked really closely on was the niching process. And I feel like this has so much to do with like, for you, it's such an intuitive process, but I think it it can be for anyone. It's like, really listening to the experiences you've had, the ways that you've helped people. 
and getting clearer about how you can help people so that your business kind of moves more like a river, you know, so there's a little more flow, you know, so I don't know if you want to share anything about that process or what was helpful for you or how it was helpful to work with someone to help you kind of figure that out. You know, for me, having someone to hold you accountable, this is also what I do for people is, is very powerful. I think especially when you have had this idea of wanting to do and offer what I'm doing now for a while. Um, the process wasn't refined. And I think certainly, especially being busy household, <laughs> three young boys, you know, my husband is his own work and having that collaboration, that support, especially when you're working yourself is invaluable like truly invaluable from the point of view of having someone with your kind of experience, of course. I'm a big believer in going to those with the expertise, right? Don't you know, know what you're good at, right? Because what we're good at and what we feel authentically aligned with, which again is what I'm, I help people with, is what's going to flow most naturally. So, you know, what you do in helping that process just flows so naturally for you. So I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm in the hands of an expert here who can really help in that process of especially, of course, the expertise from astrological point of view, but also in terms of the strategies and the the understanding what works, really, and the validation as well. We obviously share a knowledge of all these Vedic traditions, which I think is, you know, has been very helpful. It's just made it feel easier. I mean, I think that's, you know, working with your purpose or when you define that purpose just makes it feel authentic for for you and your business. You know, it's like breathing. <laughs> it's not that there's no effort. Of course, it is It is work that we want to do for our clients and to be of service. And, but when it's, you know, that, when it gets distilled down to the essence of what it is you can transmit in its most powerful and authentic form, then I think I feel it helps people more. Mm. You know, it's more um, potent. Yeah. When you're working in your purpose, the potency is stronger. Because is that answering the question? I'm yeah, sure I, I think so. <laughs> I think so. No, I, I, I it, do you have more you want to say around when you build your business around your purpose and what that, that feels like or it just becomes part of a rhythm. You know, I think like anything, you know, when we get into a rhythm and a groove, it, you, the, the friction falls away. Then if you're doing something that you're constantly bumping up against things that are not for you. And, you know, if I can speak to what I was doing before, you know, when it's not your purpose, there's friction. There's a feeling of being a bit boxed in <laughs> to something, you know, square peg, round hole, or whatever way you want to use analogy. It flows. Of course, we're working and we're doing all our things and life is full and we have to be certainly there are times in your life where there's going to be more spaciousness and sometimes when you have to be very precise with your time and things like that you know but in any and all of it you're being as truthful and as authentic to yourself and isn't that really the goal hopefully of life yeah, i think a lot of people you know i talk about this book the big leap by gay hendrix a lot because it's it's been a, such a profound book. And so a lot of us get caught in our zone of excellence when actually our zone of genius is where that purpose, where everything really sings and flows, you know, and our zone 
of excellence is actually where we, we excel. We can do it really well, but it's not that next level. And so I think when what you're describing is like when you feel when you're in that zone of genius, it just feels different. Yes, in your zone of excellence, you can do it. You can complete the task at a level of excellence, but it doesn't feel like that flow level of zone of genius. You know, when you say that, it makes me think about the yogic model or the Ayurveda model of the koshas, where we start with the outer, you know, if we imagine ourselves as these having these sheets, you know, the outer, the physical presence, and then the the anamaya kosha, the pranamaya, manamaya kosha, that description of excellence, maybe we're using, maybe we're accessing those first couple of layers, maybe the three layers, pranamaya, but then we get that much closer to who we really are when we start to say, okay, well, actually, I need to access the vinyanamaya, the wisdom, the wisdom body to really feel like I'm in that space of, okay, non-judgment, I'm not reacting to my senses, I'm not reacting as much to, I don't like using the word ego, but just purely that functioning, those functioning levels, you know, we're going the, those stages deeper, which there is a wholeness there that is accentuated, I think. It's authenticity, but it's also just feeling more whole in being able to offer everything that you have to offer, right? It's really getting into the the essence, right? In the center, I suppose. So yeah. I, hope, I don't know if that makes sense, but that just came. And Ananda, Ananda Mayakosha, right? It's and like Ananda Maya in the center. Yeah, bliss the bliss. at the center. Yep. <laughs> which, yes, exactly, which is your wave your bliss. So yeah, it, it's definitely that kind of journey. And I guess it's accepting that it is that it is a journey, you know, that we're always refining, you know, in any business that it's like, okay, so this is where it is here. And it's that, I think to have the intention of always making it the most authentic, the closest to your essence, the closest to whatever it is. And of course, that may evolve over time as well. And it's sort of allowing that evolution to happen as well, according to all the influences of the inner and outer cosmic and earthly. Mm -hmm. Mm. Absolutely. Tell us a little more about how you're working with people like in your program. So in the one-to-one program, we begin with, um, well, first of all, it's a three or six month program, usually minimum of three months. The first two meetings that we have are really a way to get very clear and where you feel you want to, to get to if you're of course, people sometimes come before they have made the kind of leap, for example, that I made. They might be in the middle of a change. But the first session, which is usually around two hours, is really an assessment of the foundations of your life. So we go pretty deep into how you're nourishing yourself, your daily rhythms. We look at your relationships, your home life, love relationships, really looking there. If you think about it as kind of four pillars, the third pillar is that place in the community, your work, how you connect with the people around you, how you generate your livelihood. And then we look at your connection to the bigger picture, right? Whether that's the universe, connection to the divine, your spiritual heart. And that's that's a very deep reflective process that, you know, I encourage people to revisit that over time, but that really kind of sets the tone for the journey. And then the next session is, I would guess we would call it a bit more of a Ayurvedic consultation. So you get a greater sense of your natural constitution of the daily rhythms that are going to really support you, support with, uh, you know, around the foods that may be better at helping you balance where you are at the moment and all of the different Ayurvedic practices that I, that I talk about, especially from a sort of 
rhythm, daily rhythm routine kind of perspective. And then it's, it opens up, it really opens up towards, you know, what is most needed for this particular process of navigating the change for them. That can vary from person to person, but the foundations are really where we, you know, where we begin anchored in those, those practices that I use myself to help me navigate the change that I took myself through. Does that answer your question? Yeah. So I have a few rapid fires for you to go. uh, Yeah. (laughs) If you're open to it. Sure. So what is one piece of advice that's really helped you in your life? I would say, I can't think of an actual kind of like, I don't have someone's words necessarily, but I have an experience of the lesson that I learned from my parents in terms of how they came together, which distilled down you know, my parents got married in 1972, which was right in the heart of the Troubles in Northern Ireland. My dad was a Catholic. My mother was a Protestant. There was a lot of worry about them getting together. They couldn't even get someone to marry them, right? They wouldn't marry Catholics and Protestants in Northern Ireland then. They had to get a renegade priest to marry them. And there's quite a funny story about the day they got married. But I guess their dedication to being together has left a mark on me, which I suppose if I put it into my own words, it's really like, be a warrior for what you know to be true. Whether that's whatever your inner voice is telling you is the path that you want to take, whether it's love, whether it is whatever it is, whatever it is that lights you up that you know to be true, you know, be a warrior, be a warrior for that. And that's, I guess, why I could give myself this change warrior name because there's just, that's kind of what mm. I was inspired to be. <laughs> Yeah, my that, parents and, that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing. So my next question is about morning routine. So what's the piece of your morning routine once you're up? Because lots of people will say getting up, but I just mean like the, the actual morning routine that helps to support you in your day. What part of that is non-negotiable for you? Mantra, meditation. It would be circulating the mantra that I am circulating at the moment every day to just pranayama to some extent, but sometimes I might walk and it'll be a walking meditation, but the mantra is my non-negotiable. Yeah. Every Mm. day. Um, So what are you reading right now? Or what is a book that you love that you read often? I never have one book only on the go, I guess. So I'm reading, I'm rereading because I'm in Saturn. I have the greatness of Saturn (laughs) beside my bed and I'm rereading it by Dr. Robert Svoboda, who I know is a great teacher of yours. So that is, you know, the therapeutic myth. It's like therapy. So I'm reading that again. I'm also reading The Fellowship of the Ring by Tolkien. My kids are really into that at the moment. So I've started to reread that. I love the hopefulness of that book, that great line, not even a great line, two words by Gandalf, hope is kindled. And I think that's something we all can do well to remember, kindling the spark. There is always hope, even if we feel stuck or anyway, reading that, reading that epic myself and with the kids. And then the book that I'm, that I am really enjoying at the moment is called The Practice by Seth Godin. Actually, I'll just read you this, this entry because it's all done in these just little numbered things. And it's about trust. Since you asked about trust before, we talked about trust before. And he says, trust is not self-confidence. Trust is a commitment to the practice, a decision to lead and make change happen regardless of the bumps in the road, because you know that engaging in the practice is better than hiding from it. And then it goes on. But it's, um, yeah, it's very clear. It's very concise. And it is just a reminder, again, of the power of practice, which we come back to with yoga, we come back to with 
you know, what I mentioned about Ayurveda and setting that rhythm and how it is that that helps us to move through, as it said, make change happen regardless of the bumps in the road, because you know, the engaging in the practice is better than hiding from it. Sums it up for me, really, I suppose, in many ways. Wonderful. We'll put those books in the show notes so people can look and, and find out more about them. How can people connect with you online and find out more about your work? So you can find me on Instagram at Kate Smith Jemison. The website is the yoga and Ayurveda clinic.com where you'll find all the different ways to work with me. Instagram, of course, there's Linktree, profile, everything, everything is there. So I'd say those are the two best. I'm also on LinkedIn, Kate Smith Jemison, you can find me there. And I'm on Facebook as well. But I'd say the first three. So the Instagram and LinkedIn are probably the, the places to find me these days. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you for being here. It's been such a pleasure talking to you, Paula. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cosmic Business Podcast. We hope it was inspiring for you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review for us so other spirit-led entrepreneurs can find out about us. I want to thank Team Podcast for production support on this podcast, as well as the musicians of the music that we're listening to now, Alexis Georgopoulos and Jeffrey Cantu Ledesma, from an album Fragments of a Season, which you can check out wherever you listen to music. I hope you have a wonderful day and I look forward to connecting with you on a future episode. Mm-hmm.